Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit. And maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, well, I am back with Sarah after what feels like a while. Sarah, I feel like we haven't chatted in a while. It feels like forever. It does. What's the deal? Well, the deal is I (laughs) I have been recovering from a surgery (laughs) that took me out for a while. (laughs) I mean, I have been waiting. I haven't even spoken to you because I knew we would talk about this today. So I have not heard anything about your surgery, except for like, you know, the random little bits you've put here and there on social media. So like, I want to hear every detail. Well, first, Sarah, I'm going to take you back. Take you back (laughs) two weeks prior to the surgery. Okay, let's go there. Two weeks prior to the surgery. And you know, I had scheduled this and I scheduled it for the second day of school for my children. Okay. Which seemed like a good idea initially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then um, what happened was I was, I've been working on a book, right? And when you're working on a book and you're kind of in final edits, you you never know when your editor is going to get the edits back to you. And it's a classic kind of hurry up and wait situation where Mm -hmm. you're sitting on your hands and then you get the edits back and then it's like, these are due now, right? Mm -hmm. So of course my edits came back and were due that same week. And so I am like nose to the grindstone working on these edits, knowing I'm about to have this surgery that's going to like completely take me out for a week or two. And then in the middle of that, my boyfriend's apartment flooded. I saw that, by the way. That was horrific. Oh, it was horrible. It It was was insane. Yeah. He lives in like a loft and the apartment above his... Um, the sprinkler main broke. And so it just poured water into his apartment. So, I mean, they've had to rip out all the drywall. So he and his girls came and they're staying with us now. So he has two kids. I have four. So there's six kids in my house, plus two foreign exchange students. I'm trying (laughs) to finish the book. My kids go back to school. And like the next day I go into surgery, just like what just happened. Whoa. Yeah. So anyway, not optimal, not relaxing. Um, But yeah, the surgery itself was obviously fine. I was asleep. (laughs) Yeah. You woke up. Oh, here I am. (laughs) Let me, let me throw back to, in, in case people have not listened, I had surgery for a deviated septum and for enlarged turbinates. And your turbinates is basically your sinus cavity like the turbinates are the filters filtration system in your sinus and mine were really big um and then my deviated septum so the result was i was always having impacted sinuses on one side and i do sound really stuffy right now and that's a result of the surgery because it's kind of it's still swollen oh totally totally so I, I i went under i went actually i went to cosmeticare which is a very shishi cosmetic surgery place in Newport Beach. Um, But, you know, I have to say I felt like they're the best, right? Like they do this all day, every day. Um, I went to Dr. Nicoli. He's the nose guy. He's the nose and boobs guy. 
The nose and boobs guy. All right. Apparently. Good. Yes. All right. Did not, he did not touch my boobs. Um, <laughs> maybe later. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think I would do my boobs, but you know, he's really good at this. And so he did tell me as I was like waking up and groggy, he was like, your deviate septum was almost like curled around it's on itself. What? Yeah. Oh like my gosh. Inside my Whoa. nose. He was like, it was like a cup almost like cupping around. Oh, wow. And so he's like, you're going to be happy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So surgery went fine, but then you come home and you have packing in your nose, Mm -hmm. which did that feel kind of like claustrophobic? I I don't know. Totally. I I knew that mm -hmm, my battle mm -hmm. in recovery would not be pain. It would be anxiety. And it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. hundred percent it was. So um, that packing was horrible. I mean, it was basically... And then taking out was horrible too. It, it was mm. basically a tampon in my nose mm-hmm. with a tampon behind it. That's how much. Oh, oh, wow. Like they took the first wow. piece of packing out and then there was another one. And I was like, I don't, where was that in my eyeball? Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't so even understand do, the geography of this. I, yeah, I don't either. I'm about to ask. So did the turbinate sit <laughs> like behind your cheekbones? Yes. Yeah. So under your eye, it's under your eye, under your eye. So when they're putting the packing up, it's almost like going all the way through your nasal canal and Uh into that area. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That would feel so weird. I'm the person that when I got Invisalign, just putting Invisalign aligners on my teeth, like I had, I had to rip them out because I felt so claustrophobic the first week. Like that's nothing. That's nothing. I'm the same way. And so I, Mm. and then I came home and then classic, like the, they gave me Percocet or whatever, and it was just making me nauseous. And I hate being nauseous more mm. than life itself. So I was like, yes. I'm not taking this again. Like I took one, mm-hmm. I took actually a half of one and proceeded mm-hmm. to throw up. And I was like, I'm done. So I did uh. the whole thing on Tylenol. <laughs> wow, Kristen. <laughs> and Ativan. Wow. Ativan oh, was really, that's an anti-anxiety. That was really the helper yes. for all of this. But yeah, it was yes. the, the first three days I had the packing in and that was just absolute misery, like breathing down panic all day, every day. Mm, no, no thanks. But then I went in and they took the packing out and it was like, oh, good. So you're feeling better. I mean, you sound great. I mean, well, you, I'm, I'm, you sound stuffy, but I'm just saying you, you, your spirits seem to be high. You yeah. sound like you're doing well. It's, I will say, so I'm 10 days out it's off and on. I did hear some people say, you know, you go back to work in four to five days. I don't think you could go back to work for a week. And only then if you had a sedentary job, like I'm tired. Are you? Yeah. I'm the body, still really I mean, tired. You're having to heal. It just, the body has yeah. to like really shut itself down a little bit. Totally. And your nasal okay. passages, they kind of, they kind of go nuts after this surgery. You know, it's like having the worst sinus infection you've ever had that's what it feels like oh god because everything's going haywire I'm sure so basically my life now consists of me irrigating my sinuses most of my day most of my day okay okay (laughs) that sounds so much fun I really am so glad I'm not you right now just irrigating sinuses yeah Hmm. yeah and um I get to sleep sitting up which is real How fun. How do you even do that? I don't even think I could do I that. I can't. I'm such a stomach Ugh. super. That has been so Ugh. terrible. I ended up buying, Ugh. I was trying to figure out, like I was t- thinking about like buying an old recliner or, you know, renting mm-hmm. a medical chair, but I ended up buying just this like triangle um, 
pillow from Amazon that was like 60 like, bucks that just lays like on my bed. Yeah, wedge. Yeah. Uh, is, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of women using those as they get older just to keep their face from being super puffy or getting like sleep wrinkles and stuff. If like well, you can train yourself to sleep kind of on that incline. Yes, I don't think I and that's that. the big if because I have to say sleeping on my back, I wake up every morning and I'm like, my hair looks amazing. <laughs> Because usually I sleep on my side and I move around and, you know. Oh, yeah. So I see the benefits of sleeping propped up on the wedge pillow, but I can't do it. I hate yeah. it. I'm mm -hmm. not sleeping well at all. I don't think I could do it either. How long do you have to sleep that way? Um, well, you're supposed to sleep that way as long as you can. I mean, as you long. know, of course, I, I, all I do now is irrigate my sinuses. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm Googling recovery videos and stuff. <laughs> Oh, of course you are. Of course you are. Which I also made my own, of course. I did a video diary if anyone's interested. But, um, you know, some people say that you should try to sleep like that for a month. Some people say a week. I mean, I'm trying to do it as long as I can. Oh, oh, oh. And I could not eat at all. So, yeah, because I would imagine if your nose, if you cannot get any oxygen right. into your nose and you can only get it through your mouth and then you're eating and something's in your mouth, that would also make me feel like I was choking and dying as well. It did. It absolutely made me feel like I was choking. And then the other thing is um, because you, I was intubated, like mm -hmm. my throat was really jacked up. Oh, yeah. And my yeah. jaw, my jaw was screwed. Because I have TMJ, oh, no. and so they like right. you know they're they're suctioning and everything. So I basically, do you know what Huel is? Have you seen those? They're like mm -mm. they're um, meal replacement shakes. Oh, okay. So okay. that's all I ate for like three days. Which thank God for those. Um, and they're not. They, they have actually, like they taste pretty decent. They do. Yeah. Are they like protein shakes, kind of? Yes. Fish? Yes. They're okay. they're they're actually really great meal replacement. I mean, they're like 400 calories, and it's all like, you know, there's carbs, but it's complex carbs, and they're tasty. But yeah, that's pretty much all I ate for three days. Mm. Till I could swallow again. That sounds creepy. I would. It was. Yeah, that would have been hard. I mean, just knowing because I have anxiety, health anxiety, like yes. you do as well. That was probably I mean that was a huge mountain that you climbed and I'm proud of you because that I I, I can imagine that you were very very anxious during that time just like I not was. having control yeah. right I mean you're not in control I was and, but I have to say it's funny I feel really proud of myself for doing it yeah. like I really do I'm so happy I did it I mean it was a miserable week but I've been mm -hmm. miserable a lot from for my sinuses a long time. and I feel like you know and obviously I don't know the results quite yet I'm still stuffy but I just feel like if this reduces that it was so worth it and my doctor's like it's going to be really different for you now It's got to be different if yeah. you're deviated septum was like literally <laughs> making like almost a circle yeah it's gonna be so much better totally so much better um fun fact do you know that i was born without frontal sinuses what i do not have frontal sinuses what so what happens well um nothing really so you know you, I, everyone has three sets of sinuses. So right. I still have the ones behind my cheekbones and the ones that are like to the sides of my eyes, but the ones that are right above your eyebrows, those are not there. And I did not find that out until 
a couple of years ago, remember when I was having the horrible headaches and my doctor was sending me all over the place and I met with an ENT that did an MRI of my head. And when he was explaining everything to me, he's like, by the way, you are one of the 5% of the population of the world that was born without frontal sinuses. And I'm like, what does that mean? He said, nothing really. You just don't have them. But what I found is that um, when I get sinus trouble, like allergies or inflammation or an infection or whatever, um, I feel it a lot in my jaw. Uh Um, And for the longest time, I just thought that it was a jaw issue. But now I'm realizing like when I get a cold, my pain is like definitely in my upper teeth, my cheekbones, and kind of like behind my temples. And that's why I think there's like more strain put on those sinuses since there's not a set of three or whatever. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Isn't that weird? It is. Yeah. I know. It's so funny how like so many people I know have deviated septums and it's like, our bodies are so like broken and frail, you know, the totally. human body. Like, I mean, my, I have a deviated septum as well. You can't even see, there's like no hole. Like when you look up, uh-huh. one of my holes is completely clogged by that, whatever, how it's moved over. But for, for some reason, I don't know if I've just gotten used to it. It's never really bothered me. Like I, I just feel like I can breathe fine. Yeah. It doesn't really bother some people. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I've never like um, gone down that road just because it hasn't really bothered me. But um, yeah, it's so weird. Like what the heck with our bodies? What the heck? It is, I know. Like you just think like, I mean, you could have a tooth rot out that like could kill you, <laughs> you know? I mean, if we didn't have like modern medical science, how many of us would just I be know. dead from random things? Seriously, you know? <laughs> random things. Well, I don't know. All of this talk of your of the nasal surgery is just making me really want to move forward with my with the eyelid. Yeah, where are you at with that? Well, I found a doctor that I'm very excited about because she is not only, you know, an ophthalmologist, eye surgeon, but she's also a plastic surgeon. Okay, yeah. So she's like all of the things. Yes, Because some people just go to plastic surgeons, some just go to eye surgeons. She's just like at all. She's about my age. I've just been, um, so many people have told me about her. I haven't met with her or anything yet. Cause I'm still, I mean, there's just this part of me that's like, I just want to make it to 50. Like I just, I felt like 50. I knew, I always knew I'd have to have this surgery just because they are so hooded. Um, but they've just in the past year, they've just really, they're really starting to push my eye, my eyelid down. Like my eyes don't look like they're open all the way, even though they are. And it's actually one eye, one eye is worse than the other. And so, you know, I, I had mentioned previously when I, I have a friend who's an eye surgeon and we were sitting at our kid's basketball practice and she was like, you know, kind of like, and you know, she was pulling out the lid and she was like, oh yeah, you are like beyond ready. Like you are a total candidate. Now, would this this be something your insurance would cover? Well, I don't know. I think possibly because if it, if it affects your vision, so I mean, really, I don't, is it really affecting my vision? I I don't know. I, I think I can see. Okay. But, um, so I don't know. It'd be great if that was a possibility. Yeah. I would love to be able to have that covered, but you know, of course I'm still nervous from what I've heard from my friend who's an eye surgeon. She is like, it is such an easy surgery. Recovery is so quick. They basically take a laser and they just kind of like cut in to, you know, the area of the upper eyelid and then just suture it together. So you just lose a little bit of that. And it, it's, it's supposed to take like less than a week to recover. But I, I know like, 
coming out of surgery, like I'm sure my eyes would be completely swollen shut. And like the thought of not being able to open my eyes or it's kind of the yeah. same thing with you with the packing, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, that I can't really scary. And yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it, I don't know if I could um, manage my anxiety well with that situation. Uh, I hear so you. that's what's keeping me from doing it, but I know I'm going to have to do it at some point because there's right. all I do all day is like raise my eyebrows when I talk to people because right. it kind of like pulls up my eyebrow and you can't tell that I'm doing that because I have bangs, but yeah, I just, I need to do it, but I don't think I'm going to make it to 50. I still, I mean, I have five years. That's, yeah. I think that's too long. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't why know. 50? What's the marker of 50? I don't know. 50. I'm old. I, I don't know. I mean, but <laughs> I you know, thought... on, on the other hand, like one argument I would make for doing it now is, cause this is how I feel about my deviated septum. Like I wish I'd done it earlier. I mean, the younger yeah. you are, the the more you bounce back, you know? Well, yes. And there's, but there's this part of me that's like, is this really just more like a cosmetic thing? It just kind of bother. I mean, is this really, this isn't like affecting my right. quality of life so much. Whereas like you can't breathe and you're right. having science infections all the time. I just have these like droopy eyelids. So I kind of, I, I like that is complicated for me. Like I kind of argue with myself about that. Like, do I really need to do this? You know, yeah, I, I get that. I totally I get know. that. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I definitely have some things I don't like about myself that I'm like, Oh, maybe I can get this fixed. And then I'm like, what are you right. doing? What's wrong with you? You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I have been noticing just, you know, honestly, like photos lately, um, it really does. It, it, it's drooping very quickly. Like I'm losing that collagen very rapidly now uh -huh. and I'm seeing, I'm really seeing big changes there, even on the side, like it kind of droops down over the side. It was funny. I was trying to do this, like to, um, someone asked me to do a tutorial on like a cat eyeliner, like a wing. Uh -huh. and you can't, you can't even see, it just completely disappears because the fold <laughs> just eats it. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, then you can you you. argue that you need this for your job. <laughs> Well, I mean, it would be helpful if people could actually see the eyeshadow that I'm putting on. <laughs> I have know? to say for the record that this is still a thing that I don't notice on you. I know. But I know well, that, my, you know, everyone is different Well, I about wear my bangs own. down to my lashes. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, that's the thing. You can't really, you, you don't really notice it because my bangs are, yeah. I mean, my bangs... I'm telling you, it's like Botox. It's like covering my eyelids. They are these things are helping me with a myriad of little aging issues. Oh, dude, I, love I them. so wish I, love I could them. wear bangs. So <laughs> they're so helpful. Wish, but my cowlicks are not not having it. Yeah, I know, not having it. Oh goodness. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But um, we haven't talked forever about our two thumbs up. So I'm hoping you've got some good ones. This um, week. Well, minor surgery related. <laughs> oh, shocker. Of course. But, shocker. Um, but they're actually both of them are things that I discovered as part of my surgery recovery that I hope to keep doing. So number one okay. is there's a new kind of neti pot or new to me at least, it's Dr. Hanna's Nasopure. Now, I've had neti pots in the past, and they've all been like ceramic, you know? Um, so like, you actually use like an actual neti pot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. use the Neil Med rinse, that okay. little thing that you squeeze and the water shoots up. Yes. So I, I have that too. I like the Neil Med. 
but there is this Nasopure Neti Pot I actually like better. So the Neil Med, like you said, that's a squirt up your nose and then it kind right. of comes out. Right. The, the um, Nasopure is a Neti Pot, but it's soft plastic so you can squeeze it. And oh. it's shaped in such a way that if you turn it upside down, it just sort of like, you don't have to like lean your head to the side. It just kind okay. of like pours into your nose and out the other side with this like soft, nice plastic. Um, and anyway, I've, like I said, I've been irrigating my nose like multiple times a day, but I really do want to carry this on and have it be when I'm recovered, like a daily, a daily practice. That is supposed to help so much with allergies if it you is. do it every day. It is. Yeah, it okay. is. And so I really like this one. It feels just simple to use, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like those, the ceramic neti pots too, like it feels like they get really dirty inside. Mm -hmm. And this one, like I just pop it in the dishwasher. So yeah, I'm, really, I'm I, liking that one. Yeah, I might have to look into that because I have the Neil Med one. Yeah. Um, and it's fine, but that one's it, good too. Yeah. That one's it's, good too. They're good. both really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other one is I bought, so I had to be on antibiotics for a week after the surgery. That's just standard, you know, mm -hmm. um, standard practice. And I tend to get yeast infections when I have to go on an antibiotic because, mm -hmm. you know, the antibiotic kills all of the good floral and fun and, and whatever, floral and fauna, whatever it is in your vagina. Yeah. Flora. Um, Flora. So I decided to take this Balance MD comprehensive fungal and yeast support. So it's basically a supplement and I did not get a yeast infection at all. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing is just keeping your yeast and fungal overgrowth healthy. You can take it every day. So I'm going to just keep, keep that going forward just to keep everything nice down there. Okay. Cause That's you know, fantastic. candida is like a lot of people think that it's responsible for all kinds of things now. Oh Yeah. And that oh, we're yeah. all kind of walking around because of our terrible diets with an overgrowth of yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Good times. Yeast support. <laughs> Let's talk about some yeast support. Um, okay. So I've got two. I've got, a, I've got a, oh gosh, I have a green beauty hair product. Yeah. That's so good. And okay. you, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, Krista, just go buy it. Uh, you have to buy I it. will. I'm sure I okay. will. So Josh Rosebrook, one of my favorites, he's based in California. He does the whole skincare line. Yes. He's had a hair care line for a while. Yes. Um, he does a shampoo and conditioner. I'm going to be honest, the shampoo and conditioner never really worked for me. It left my hair feeling like it wasn't completely clean. But he just came out with this new product. It's called his Serum Spray. Uh-huh. And it's basically an anti-frizz. Like, okay. Like wave smoothing, curl smoothing, hair smoothing. Ooh. It's also a light heat protectant. Okay. And that is what I've been looking for forever yes. is just something I can spray in my hair after I like after it's towel dried that will make it smooth and like no, I don't want a lot of hold, but you know what I'm saying? Just like gives it a tiny bit of control and yeah. it's protecting it when I'm yes. drying it and then, you know, consequently curling it with the iron. Which, by the way, I burnt myself with my curling iron. This is a little <gasps> segue this week. You and did? It, it looks so much like a hickey. It is. <laughs> no, I mean, it is. It is mortifying. It is huge. It's purple. It's right on that part of your neck that you get a hickey. I mean, I was at my, oh my, my, my niece's birthday party yesterday. Three different people who I know pretty well who felt obviously comfortable enough to walk over and be like, is that a hickey on your neck? Oh. I'm like, no. My so gosh. then 
I started introducing myself to people that were at the party that I know. That's how I'd introduce. Hi, my name is Sarah. This is not a hickey. It's a curling iron burn. I would have done the same tell thing. Because I was just mortified. I'm, and I then I really wanted worn to... a pin with that on it. Well, I, <laughs> I should have gotten a pin. <laughs> well, the first couple of days I put a um, concealer over it, which worked really well. But yesterday it was like all day soccer. I mean, I was just like, you know, in my workout clothes all day and I had forgotten. And you know, when the, a burn starts to scab over... Um, and it gets darker, right? And then yes. I tried to like pick it off because of I'm like, uh-huh. and then now I, it wasn't ready, Kristen. It wasn't ready for the oh, pick off, no. and so uh-huh. now it's like like crimson red underneath. So now I'm probably going to have a scar on oh, my neck no. because of my picking. I'm sorry that I totally went on a tangent there, but getting back to the hair serum spray. <laughs> <laughs> back to the serum spray and not my hickey neck um it just it smells really good it's lightweight it doesn't make my hair feel dirty it's just it's heavenly and get ready for this i actually like the way my hair looks when i air dry using it whoa that is a heavy recommendation um yes like i can if i'm in a hurry i can spray that in and let it air dry and there's no frizz and my waves actually look nice wow never happened before in my life it's 28 dollars. it's amazing too bad not too bad i would imagine it's gonna last for a very long time um, I love it. So if anyone out there is looking for like a light heat protectant, if you've got wavy hair, curly hair, I mean, it's so good. It's so All good. All right. I'm going to give so this good. one a try because as you know, um, thus far, the only products that I like in my hair are cancer. Right. The cancer Para- products. All the parabens. All, all the, the parabens, parabens. All the phthalates. Yes. And I keep just, trying. Just, I keep trying. Yeah. But I know. Well, I'm telling you, this one's worth it. And okay. I, there are a lot of Green Beauty ones that are not worth it. This yeah. one's worth it. So try okay. it. Okay. So that's my number one. My number two is, okay, so you know the beauty boxes. I've talked about them here and there. There's this one box called the Boxwalla box. Yes. I love, I love the woman who runs this little thing. Not only does she do beauty boxes, but she does like, I think a book box and maybe a food box. Oh, fun. And they're bi-monthly. That means every other month, right? Right. So they're every other month. Anyway, hers are forty nine ninety five, and the cool thing, which I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't recommend doing this, but you know, if she has a really good deal and you really can't afford to do like an ongoing subscription, you can like get the subscription and sign up, and then you have two months you can cancel. Got it. <laughs> you know, so like, right? I mean, don't recommend this, but you know, it's just some people. It's been yeah, done I mean, before. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So. This month, it's the October box, actually, which can be purchased now, is my very favorite green beauty brand called African Botanics. Oh, I've yes. talked to you about it. They're the one who makes the cell recovery retinol yes. serum that I use every single day that I swear to you has completely changed my skin. Okay, so their stuff is ridiculously expensive. Right. I mean, like over the top. I even, I hate that the stuff works because I don't even want to talk about it to people. Right. So I'm like, well, <laughs> let's not talk about exactly how much the serum costs. It's insane. But there's this one product they make called the La Masque Hydrolift. And it's a, it's a mask. Um, you can either put it on and sleep with it on overnight. It's clear. It's not like a, a clay mask or anything. Or you can like put it on and rinse it off, you know, like 15 minutes later. I use it both ways. I love it. It's like the most plumping, 
it's it's like it fills in your lines. Your face looks plump. Like there's no, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just clear and bright and it looks like you've lost 10 years of age immediately. Wow. Okay. Okay. This mask is $180 normally. Whoa. Whoa. Right. Whoa. But it's, it's the box walla box for October. So you can get this mask for forty nine ninety five. And is it full size? Yeah. Full size. Oh, okay. It's the full that. size. So she's taking, she, I think she closes subscriptions on the 1st of October. So you have all of September to purchase it. Then you get it in October when she ships it out. And then you know what? If you don't want to do $49.95 bi-monthly, just cancel. But I am telling you, you need to get this mask. It's it's phenomenal. I want it. Yeah. I want it. And I'm actually surprised I'm not subscribed to this box because you know I love the boxes. And oh, and I this love one her. is a really good one. Yeah. Her name is Lavanya and she's just so lovely and she curates these amazing little experiences. And but and she just she has a good relationship with African Botanis because this isn't the first time she's used that she's done that brand before. Right. And it's just such a savings. I mean, it's like 70% off or something. I don't know. Math is oh, hard, yeah. but math you know, 180 hard, but down yeah. to, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, math is hard, but forty nine ninety five, you guys, it's just, and it's like one of those things that lasts for a while because it's a mask. You're not using it every day, right? You can just put it on like two times a week and it's excellent. So okay. do it. So I'll link I'm to it. it. I'm actually thinking about just making it an actual, its own post on our Facebook group because yeah, you should. I, I know people are going to want to get on that. In that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will. So those are my two thumbs up. Today's episode is sponsored by one of our favorite sponsors, Lola. Lola is a female-founded company that offers 100% organic pads, liners, and tampons. You can choose from BPA-free plastic applicators on the tampons or environmentally friendly non-applicator tampons. Every month you can customize exactly what you need for your own feminine care. Lola makes it so easy. I have to admit, feminine care has been a long-term struggle for me in terms of staying on top of my supplies. I am the queen of running out of tampons, but no more. Each month I update my order with exactly what I need and it arrives just in time. Their subscription boxes are totally customizable and you can mix your products, absorbency, number of boxes you need, or even skip a delivery if you have everything you need. In addition to tampons and liners, they have a new line called Sex by Lola. It's gynecologist approved sexual health and wellness products. They include lubricated condoms, personal lubricant, and these amazing, my favorite, individually packaged cleansing wipes that you can use literally anywhere, meaning you can use them anywhere on your body and anywhere that you are. They're biodegradable and they're great for stashing in your purse and just refreshing. Like their tampons, all of Lola's products are stripped of irritating additives and they're available for subscription. You can add them to your period subscription so everything you need is delivered on your ideal schedule. We have a special offer for you guys. For 40% off your first subscription, you can visit mylola.com and enter the promo code SELFIE when you subscribe. That's the promo code SELFIE at mylola.com for 40% off your first subscription. Well, I am chatting again today with my friend Christine Ko. Um, she and I chatted on introversion and self-care about a month ago. Um, Christine is um, very much like me. She kind of came out of a therapy and neuroscience background, then wound up as a writer and blogger um, and, and has since written a book and now does a podcast called Edit Your Life, which is fantastic about kind of minimizing um, in your life. So, but what I had Christine 
Christine on to talk about today, what I wanted to talk with her about is she and I had gotten in a conversation about some of the limits of self-care when you have insurance constraints and how (laughs) insurance and self-care don't always play nicely together. So Christine, thanks for coming on and talking about this with me. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here again, Kristen. And I have a new theory about us is that even though you're blonde and I'm Asian, that maybe we were separated from birth because well, we really do have sort of shockingly se- similar paths. It's really funny. We've we have talked about this so many times. We are like life <laughs> twins. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> life twins who don't look alike. Yeah, um, it happens. It does. It totally happens. I know. Um And what's funny is I I love that you and I are talking about this because neither of us really have um, any authority to talk on this other than life experience. (laughs) Oh, but we have life experience in spades, right? And that's what matters. (laughs) Yes. Although actually, did you take insurance when you were a therapist? Uh, no. So I, I was never like, um, actually seeing clients in that way because I was, I was, you know, on an NIH grant, I was in a lab, it was, it was different. So, uh, yeah, so I haven't seen it from that side, although my husband is a therapist and I've definitely seen him from, from that side. I've only Mm -hmm. lived it from the very painful consumer side. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Which, and it is painful. So, you know, one of the things that we were talking about with a friend is the fact that, you know, self-care is all fine and good and we all want to have great self-care. But when it comes to, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of self-care and a lot of the advice that we get even from the show when we have experts on is, you know, go and get this kind of testing, go have your doctor run this test or go, you know, go see a naturopath or go Mm -hmm. see a therapist. And those things are not super easy to do for most Mm -hmm. Americans in a very Mm -hmm. flawed healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And I often, basically anytime I need to get on the phone (laughs) to talk to anybody related to healthcare, I think to myself, okay, I am somebody who has a PhD and also postgraduate training, and I am finding this exhausting, like to the point of rage and my eyes bleeding. And how is the sort of everyday human being, how are we supposed to tackle this? I mean, it feels it feels a little impossible. And I sort of cry for all of us because it just, it just feels so hard. I mean, even right now, I'm almost like embarrassed to say it, but I have, I am well overdue on a mammogram because we switched insurance and I have been getting the runaround from both, you know, the doctor's office and, you know, the health insurance about whether, about where, you know, whether the place where I was getting my breast care, you know, will still be covered on under my new plan. And it's, it's shocking to me that this isn't just kind of in the details of my plan, but it's not. Yeah, (laughs) everything's hard. Everything is hard. And you know, it's interesting, because I did take insurance when I was a therapist. And there were many times that I felt that the forms and the things that were asked of us to do Mm -hmm. were intentionally difficult like this weird subterfuge so that we would just give up asking for reimbursement. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell a peek behind the curtains. There are many therapists who actually do that. They will just give up. They'll take the copay. Like maybe your, maybe your session should have been 150 and the, and the insurance will pay a hundred and you have to pay 50. There are a lot of therapists who just don't even get paid back by the insurance companies because it's so annoying. It is. I they feel just like take actually the 50 and call it. Yeah. A day. 
Yeah, and figure, okay, well, that 100 wasn't worth all the hassle. Yes. I, you know, yes. I, I see that with my husband. I mean, he he's decided to, you know, sort of cut off certain insurances because it's oh, just yeah. too complicated um, or just do exactly what you said. And it's it's challenging. I've told him before, I'm, I said, I feel like you need like a bookkeeper or admin just to handle you the insurance and the billing and all that stuff. You do. And then the other thing is there's also many providers who think that they arbitrarily deny every first reimbursement request. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that to be true. And it's interesting. There was a presidential debate um, like at, towards the end of July, and they were saying that from the stage that there is they just they insurance is basically making it confusing and difficult in the hopes that people will just give up. I know, right? <laughs> you you do have to be unbelievably persistent in you order do. to get anything done. Yeah, you do. And as you said, it's like you and I both have graduate degrees and we've worked somewhat in the medical field and we're mm-hmm. still finding it difficult. And I often think, you know, it, it's both money, but also educational level can have a real effect on the care people are able to get. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. How much you're willing to wade through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny, I'm just thinking now in, in terms of the conversation that we had about introversion, that, you know, no wonder I'm so exhausted and full of rage after I'm like trying to be on the phone dealing with the, all of these different touch points, because like none of them are feeding my soul, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's goodness. all bad. There's nothing that will put me in a worse mood than having to be on the phone with medical insurance. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's first terrible. of all, it seems like it's a guaranteed 30 minute wait because somehow they mm-hmm. can't staff the phones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, yeah, the quagmire. I mean, you mentioned your. Um, yes, your my daughter's issue. And then, yeah, you've had oh, yeah. an issue with your daughter as well. Yeah, she, she has. And this is I feel like this is something that tons of parents deal with, you know, allergy, food allergies. So she has a tree nut allergy. And I was like the post that we were going back and forth on. This was a little while ago, but I was all like, okay, so I knew she had, you know, her three year mark from her very first new patient visit. So, you know, if we booked another appointment before that three year mark, then it would just count as a follow up versus the whole like rigmarole of a new patient visit. So I was like patting myself on the back. So I'm like, oh, it's like three and a half months before this deadline. I'm going to book an appointment and I can't believe I remembered to do this. I'm crushing it at parenting. Yeah, <laughs> and I call, yeah, totally. And I called and they're like, yeah, there's one appointment within that time period. And it's like, she named a town and I was like, where is that? Is that yeah. in Massachusetts? Like, <laughs> yeah, I had to Google it. So it was an hour away and I just took it and I said, well, when's the next appointment in Boston, you know, which is where I wanted the care because it's really close to home. And she's like, oh yeah, not till like a couple months after that. And I was thinking, is there only one pediatric like allergist on how how can the system be like this? And I actually do think there is a shortage of pediatric allergists, but I just felt so like there's no winning. Like even yeah. when you think you're winning, you're not winning. Oh, totally. I My kids, our insurance has this weird thing where it, you can get an authorization, but the authorization generally lasts for three months. Now, you would think, <laughs> right, surely right. you can get an appointment within three <laughs> months. But then what happens is like it takes a while for you to get the authorization in the mail. And then you've got to call. And then often you'll call and they'll be like, oh, we don't have any openings for four months. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, then I won't be authorized. But then they won't make the appointment if it's not within the authorization window. It's it's crazy making. It is hair pulling. 
Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then I try to like be positive and think to myself, because I did my PhD in Canada. So I lived in Canada for three years where it was like socialized medicine. I kind of think, well, you know, back then, like if I had a friend who needed an MRI, like they would literally wait for 10 months, like Mm -hmm. an appointment. I mean, it is better than that, but, uh, yeah. I mean, these days it doesn't feel like a ton better. Yeah, it doesn't. And, you know, psychiatric care is a whole other issue here, too. Um, You know, if you've ever had a kid need to get in with a psychiatrist, those wait times are astronomical. Mm -hmm. Five to Mm -hmm. six months. Um, Wow. And then what's happening, and you mentioned this with your husband, too, um, and my ex was a therapist and I was for a long time, what's happening in mental health is that therapists are getting so fed up with insurance policies that most, many, not, not all, but many good therapists refuse to take insurance at all. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they're just, it, it compromises care. It's just, it's a major hassle. Um, you know, they're requiring us to give diagnoses to people that may or may not fit. Um, and so that's frustrating too, because if you have a child and you want to use the benefits that you have for therapy, chances are that list of therapists that you're going to get may not be that good or the good ones are full up for months, months and months. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really hard to get yeah. mental health care with insurance. Which is, oh man, which <laughs> it, it is, it, that is crazy making in itself just because it's like, if you think about key, you know, ultimately prevent, you know, preventative. I mean, some of that is seriously preventative for other situations. I mean, uh, it just feels like something that should be readily available. So I, do you think that I'm genuinely curious, do you think that similar to the allergy situation that there is a bit like a shortage of, I guess it's kind of all the things we were talking about. It's the difficulty of insurance. Um, I, I guess I'm wondering like, why, why are we in this situation we're in? Well, no, I don't, in the, in the case of therapists, I don't think it's a shortage of therapists. I think we're actually oversaturated with, okay. at least where I live, it's oversaturated. It's just a shortage of therapists that will play the insurance game because people yeah, are really right. sick of it. They're right. really sick of it. And, you know, what's hard, too, is, you know, in our MFT programs, as people are going through as a therapist, you don't learn at any point mm-hmm. how to deal with insurance, That's, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not taught that in school and insurance panels make it so incredibly difficult to engage that just people just say, I don't want to deal with it. I'd Mm -hmm. rather have less clients or make less money than deal with these insurance panels who may or may not reimburse you. Yeah, I think that's a huge point because I think it was the same uh, when my husband went um, for his um, LMHC training. And he had the benefit of, he's, he's also a fellow career jumper. So he would, has a business degree too. So he's like used to like reading through lingo and dealing with, you know, all manner of, of, you know, red tape. So, uh, the idea that that is such a key part of time, you know, as a therapist, and that it's not, there's no training in it. That's really, really challenging. I wonder if there's any, going to be any strides to change that in the future. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know that um, Kaiser therapists have been in the state of California have been striking like all year. I mean, they just Mm -hmm. keep going on strike because of the way they're being treated. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, so Kristen, let me ask you a question, actually. I mean, how do you how are you 
managing, like, how do you manage either the rage or like actually getting from point A to point B? Like, I know for me, sometimes actually having a friend who's kind of like my healthcare accountability buddy who just knows about a particular situation and can be like, hey, how's it going? Just like offering a little encouragement. Like, sometimes that's helpful to me, sometimes not. I'm curious if there are certain things that you do that have been helpful to kind of help you get to the other side. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that I have had to do that I think is unfortunately what everyone has to do is just become very knowledgeable on your plan, figure Mm -hmm. out how to get Mm -hmm. those lists of doctors. And then what I do is like, let's say for example, um, my primary care physician, because I have to get a referral to go anywhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's an HMO, which is how many people are dealing with things. So number one, one is picking the right primary care physician who's going to give you the referrals you need. Yeah. Um, yep. And I'll tell you what I use for choosing all my doctors is Yelp. I feel like people are honest on Yelp, you know? That's a um, really good point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have lists in Yelp. You know, you can make bookmark lists for specific things. I have lists of primary care doctors who take my insurance and then OBGYNs who take my insurance and then allergists who take my insurance. And so when I... So I've chosen a primary care physician who's responsive to the referrals. That's number one. You know, if you if you have an HMO, mm-hmm. you need that primary care physician whose office staff knows how to get you your referrals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of trial and error with that. Once you have that, then specifically asking for a doctor. So not just, hey, I need to go to an allergist, but hey, I need to go to an allergist and here's a person that my insurance covers and here's their code. And when you ask for my insurance for the referral, will you give me this person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've just researched so much on what other patients are saying about these doctors. And it's, it is crazy to see some of the doctors that are on my insurance panel having one to two star reviews on Yelp of just patient after patient saying they're unprofessional. They left me Mm -hmm. waiting. So it's illuminating for me. That is, that is a, I have to say that is a brilliant pro tip because I mean, I'll be honest, like if I'm, you know, looking for a new place to get my nails, I'll dig deep into Yelp, yeah. but I, yeah. I have never dug deep. It's not deep just for restaurants, it. Christine. It's apparently. <laughs> so I think that's so smart. Like I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I need to figure out how to bookmark and make lists on Yelp. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I really, honestly, I advocate for myself very heavily. I mean, every referral I have and I put it down on paper and hand it to my doctor. Here mm. are the people I want to see. I don't mm-hmm. want to see this OBGYN. I want to see this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of of reviewing. And then it's, just, it's a lot of administration. As soon as I get a referral sheet, I'll scan it into my computer. I have a file right next to my desk. I'll put in my calendar you know, cause I have three months to get in to see the referral doctor. I'll put it in my calendar. This is when it ends. I'll call right away. But it, it truly feels like I spend a lot of time on this. Like it's a little part-time job. Yeah, for sure. And well, especially with four kids too, yes. like, and whatever their needs may Good be, Lord. you know, you, it's like, you know, there's like a whole hierarchy. Like I'm sure there's a, a very organized system or even if it's just in your brain, there's like, yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. How about you? How do you, how do you navigate it? I think, um, you know, so I, I, I hate saying this because I am a feminist <laughs> uh, and uh, my husband used to work in healthcare, uh, more consulting angle, but he is like totally not afraid of the logistics and the plan. We are, we are both 
basically independent business people. So we've had to buy our insurance. So it's a ton of money. Um, it's been years since anybody paid for our insurance. So he has set up, he's really taken the lead in setting things up, but I do really try to dig into, um, you know, into our account and try to learn. I get frustrated sometimes. Um, and I've, so where I've come at it is as a feminist, I try to go as far as I can (laughs) and not ask for help and try to figure it out myself and really advocate. And then if I really feel like I'm reaching my breaking point, then I will turn to him for help, which is what happened with the allergy situation where this, we had only this doctor choice of one day, selfishly the day before my birthday. And I was like, I, I, I don't know if I can give up like a whole, like three quarters of a day to go travel to this thing. I have work to do. You know, I might want to do something nice for myself because it's the day before my birthday. And so I actually wrote him an email. Um, and I think about sort of invisible labor or not so invisible labor all the time. So I was thinking to myself, you know what, I have to just be visible about this and say something and ask for help. So I actually wrote an email with the subject line, OMG, I am freaking the F out. I need your help. <laughs> and I, and I that said, yeah, got his attention. And actually when I was on the phone with this whole trying to figure out an appointment situation, it dawned on me. I said, oh my God, I don't even know if this doctor is still in our insurance because we just recently changed. So I said to him. Listen, I could look up that part, but I've literally been on the phone already for an hour. I'm exhausted. And can you look her up? And and actually, that's all I was asking is, can you just look her up, make sure she's in the insurance, and then I'll call in the referral from the doctor. And um, you know what? He wrote back, and I think the urgency in my voice, and if through the email, he said, she's in the network, and I will take Violet to the appointment. Take it off your calendar. Nice. And it was like, I felt like angels were singing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're in a relation, if you are happen to be coupled and you can lean on somebody, I think, you know, that was actually a wake up call for him. And he's a super tuned in parent, but he said, you know, it wasn't until I got that email where I was like, you know, Christine doesn't have to be responsible for all these doctor's visits. You know, we could both be doing that thing. And that was really helpful. So every now and then, I guess my point is a meltdown can be helpful. I don't know. Well, a meltdown, but also I, let, let me say this because I think this is this is an interesting thing for for those of us like myself also who fancy ourselves feminists. You know, there's a difference between abdicating things you could or should learn to do to a man versus in a couple if if you're hetero saying, you know what, you just have more experience in this, and I have more experience in this, and so we're mm-hmm. going to make this your lane and this my lane. You know? Yeah. And yeah. like for, I mean, this isn't related to healthcare, but my boyfriend is an IT guy, mm-hmm. so he knows everything about computers. And I'm a writer. He mm-hmm. he hates filling out forms. He hates writing essays. He hates you know all that kind of stuff. I hate figuring out how to dial in the laptops or you know figuring out any of my, the tech things. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> and so we just I will fill out. We we just literally last week did the same thing. I said, I'll fill this out for you if Mm -hmm. you get Karis's laptop back, right? Yeah, And it's not because he's a man and I'm a woman. It's just like, oh my gosh, thank you. Because you can do that so much faster than I can. Yeah, play to your strengths. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think I, the reason I brought up the feminist piece and the, is that um, I do feel like, as you said, like part of this, 
figuring out of healthcare stuff and navigating the dumpster fire is you do even just bit by bit have to learn how to dig in a little bit and it's uncomfortable and it's frustrating, but I do feel like those little baby steps where you can like even figure out how to log into the portal like yes. and start yes. looking around. You do feel like, dare I say, a little more empowered like the more you start to get familiar with it. So that's why I just wanted to point out that, yes, it's good to sort of say, hey, I need help. And it's also good to try to dig in a little. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It can be empowering. I mean, it's equal parts frustrating, but then you can you can kind of figure out how to... Um, get more information than than might be given to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which is exactly I actually, what I did. Yeah, it it was actually really funny because this new PCP office that I have you know signed on with, I, I think the woman I was talking to literally had no filter, and it it just gave me life because I translated something that the insurance company said to her. And she actually said to me on the phone, lies, they're full of lies. They're always full of lies. And I'm like, wait, am I, am I talking to the doctor's office or is this like the community theater? Like what is happening? Right. Oh my gosh. I guess it's a sign. Everybody gets a little frustrated sometimes. (laughs) Even the professionals. I think everybody does. And I, I do, you know, part of this conversation too, is just wanting to normalize that this is a very frustrating process that, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned your mammogram. I have insurance drama with my mammogram pretty much every go around and, and it is normal that it takes a lot of persistence it's normal that it's incredibly frustrating and yet it's like we still have to do it anyway because yeah. we're worth it you know our our health care and mental health is worth it it's true it's absolutely true uh, we have to we have to advocate for our boobs like that's yes. just <laughs> we do that's just that's just the bottom line mm-hmm. we do gotta get your boobs checked gotta get your paps yeah. gotta do all the things yeah yeah we talk yeah. we call that the like Asha and I refer to that as like, you know, it's the non-spa side of self-care. Actually, we yes. have an episode all about that. And, I oh, love and it. you guys have, you know, talked a ton about that, but it really is like all of those things are, you know, so, so crucial and, yeah. you know, just some of them are easier to book than others. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I want to just make a quick mention if we have listeners who are uninsured, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's another area to advocate for yourself. I've been in that situation, um, you know, and the great thing is the Affordable Care Act has made it somewhat accessible for everyone. Um, and if that's a thing that you're struggling with, reach out, you know, reach out to um, the social workers that are in your community for people who are uninsured. Um, yeah. That does take a lot of work. And I've mm-hmm. I've had insurance under the Affordable Care Act for a very long time. It is not easy. Not at Mm -hmm. all. Um, But, you know, take that time to advocate for yourself because it is there and it is available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, just everybody, people are in very different stages, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, with their access. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be surprised. I mean, you know, especially for, you know, like as me for a single mom with four kids, you know, I do get some assistance from the Affordable Mm -hmm. Care Act. You you Mm -hmm. might be surprised. Um, You know, it's not necessarily the poverty line. They're also taking into account the number of people in your family and where you live and all that kind of stuff. So you might be surprised what's available. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I would also sort of in the Yelp model, you know, just if you're struggling and wondering, like reach out and ask people kind of what they're doing. Cause I think sometimes I found myself more surprised that 
there are a lot more people dealing with the same things than, than I have realized. And so, you know, not, I know some people don't feel comfortable maybe putting out a ask on Facebook or whatever. Um, but sometimes it can be helpful, even if you just reach out to a small group to be like, you know, do you know somebody I can connect with to kind Mm -hmm. of like wade through this stuff? And that can be very powerful. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Christine, thanks so much for coming on again. Oh, this was so fun. I've, I've just, you know, loved having a chance to have two separate conversations. And actually, uh, you know, we, we will have another one um, that will broadcast on the Edit Your Life show. So I'm yes. excited about that, too. Yes, yes, me too. Yes. Please, guys, check out Edit Your Life. Um, it is, you can find it wherever podcasts are. And we will link up to all of Christine's social media and websites on SaltyPodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us over at Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. And make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at SelfiePodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care.